When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I am so sick and tired of these little screens out wide that Aaron Jones or the receiver, we don't throw the ball downfield. We did last week against Dallas and had great results. Today was back to what we did during the five-game losing streak. It's like they completely threw the Dallas uh, film out there. It threw it away and went back to what they did to lose. I mean, it was pathetic. It was a team we should have beat, and if we actually had to call the great game plan, we would have beat them. But we got a bunch of coaches who don't know how to coach, and, I mean, you can blame the floor for drinking Joe Barry in. They need to go. <laughs> These guys... I want to hear that guy. Do we know what that guy's? That was from, by the way, the 107.5 The Fan. So un- unfortunately, line. no uh, no names on these clips. I, I don't you know. Okay. Our, our amazing producer, Jason, who cuts up all these and finds up all this That's stuff okay. for us. Uh, but no, no names. Shockingly. I would love to know. Is, you know, is that Oli? Like, what is what is the what is this guy's name here? And, and yeah, let's discuss. call him Bob or Bob. whatever his name was. I want to hear that guy. <laughs> I want to hear. I want them to usher him into the locker room. Okay, so. Here are 53 Packers players, 10, 14 practice squatters, 29 coaches, and the front office. Tell them how to do their jobs, guy. <laughs> That's the great part about football, though. It's and so sports great. In well, we do it every day here. Yeah, we do. I know we do. We do. Yeah, I can't criticize Bob for that. Media and sports and athletes. So, like, the only profession where we can, like, make fun of, like, plumbers don't make fun of real estate agents. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, 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 uh, like they and, and politicians. What are you also, doing, guy? Yeah, what are you I mean, doing? You with, used the wrong wrench. Yeah, you you, you, had a, you went yeah. to this house and used the right Actually, wrench. And now you brought your different tool set. Why would you yeah. bring a different it's, toolkit? It's sports at, teams at sports teams and athletes, media personalities, politicians. That's the only realm where we can all make fun of people. But like, like a car mechanic is not going to make fun of a you know a CPA. It just it it doesn't exist. <laughs> I've got one for you, actors. Yeah, celebrities yeah. and okay. actors are. Yeah, yeah you I can mean, put come that. on, Keanu. <laughs> yes, it's that. That is accurate. The you know, like the Kardashians and stuff. You know, actors and yes. uh, reality stars. Put yourself out there. You're going to get made fun of. I mean, it's happened to all three of us. Yeah. So uh, a few days ago, old Macadac sent a tweet out to Vikings fans, just saying, "Hey, in a couple weeks, the Green Bay Packers play the Philadelphia Eagles. The rooting interest among Vikings fans in that game should probably be the Packers." Because the division, even before the Packers last la- lost last night, the division's kind of a wrap. And the Eagles are right there with you. You're fighting for the number one seed. You want to play home playoff games inside U.S. Bank Stadium, right? The amount of pushback I received from Vikings fans saying, 
never will I ever root for the Packers or the division is not over yet. The Packers can make a run. This Packers fear-mongering that's out there. Well, however you felt a few days ago, the Packers are now six games behind the Vikings in the loss column. Five games back overall. Yes. Do you think the Vikings have one loss? The Packers have seven. Are they going to match losses on their end-of-season record? Are the Vikings going to finish 10-7 and seven after an 8-1 and one start? It is over. Well, and if the Vikings do, then screw them because they're not going to. But, like, if Correct. you're going to fall apart that bad, I have only one thing to say. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Go Eagles. Fly, I, I mean, yes. Eagles, you, fly. Yes. You want the Eagles. Uh, yeah, this, this whole thing though, like with, with, with the Packers and, you know, all the Packers might do this. Look, folks, we are seeing, and it's finally upon us, right? The beginning of the end. And I'll give you the one thing from last night. That's so key because this happens to every Packer great QB. At least it happened to Brett Favre and it happened to Aaron Rodgers last night. And it's this one, 2007 NFC title game, freezing cold Lambeau field. Favre was awful. Part of the reason why Favre came here was the Metrodome, which yeah. he couldn't stand as a kid, but he wanted to be indoors. And that's the game that Mike McCarthy told people off the record, if it hadn't been Brett Favre, I would have benched him at halftime. He was yeah. unplayable. Last night, Aaron Rodgers, the elements, dude was melting down. You yeah. know, this whole notion, this whole thing about, well, quarterbacks can play to the, look, look at Tom Brady. Okay, yeah. Tom Brady is a once-in-a-lifetime guy. Aaron Rodgers is getting old. It's cold. He's miserable. His team's not that good. And so I do think now we are we are seeing the, the end. I don't expect like some type of great comeback from the Packers and especially Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's it's bad. Let's hear from some more depressed Packers fans here on Packer Frontline, Mackie and Judd. Yeah, I think we're focusing the blame on the wrong spot. I think okay. it should be blamed on Murphy. And excuse my pronunciation, Guten Hansard. Um They put Ro- uh, Rogers in an untenable position, or even uh, Lafleur. Who's in charge? And nobody's in charge. And it's it's showing up in the offense. The Guten Gutenkunster. That Gutenheimer. is, you know what? That is a well lubricated fan. It is. <laughs> that is a well lubricated fan, feeling no pain despite the Packers' loss. No, he's he's been numb emotionally and physically for probably about fifteen hours at this point. <laughs> uh, all right, let's keep lining these guys up, man. Just let's rack them. Mason Crosby needs to get fired, all right? He's too old for this stuff. To be pooching pooching an extra point like that and getting it blocked, that's just, he's too old for this. We need a younger kicker in there that's going to kick better field goals. I mean, in the pregame, we got the the backup kicker. He's kicking 70, he's kicking 70-yard field goals or 60-yard field goals like it's nothing, and we're putting Mason Crosby in there. That needs to be stopped. Okay. I will say, I will say. Here we go. I noticed this, too. On shorter kicks, he did this with one of the field goals. He pooches the shorter kicks. You know how most kickers, it's like a 39-yard field goal. Most kickers are just going to line it up and kick it like it's a 55-yarder, and they're just going to blast it through. 
he is taking a little off the shorter field goals, and they're mm. barely getting over the crossbar. Ugh. I don't know. He's he's treating them differently. So I mechanically, I saw the same thing that this fan did, even though I was not. Well, I had one last night. I think that guy probably had about six drinks. <laughs> Old Macadac got into a, one uh, glass last night. There yeah. you go. Imagine you go. all the Packers' problems, though. All the Packers' problems. And you called WDUZ. And you wait on hold, <laughs> chomping at the bit to give your hot take. And your hot take, I mean, among a, te- a team that is now just dead, your hot take is the kicker. You, <laughs> come on, man. You got to you, you gotta come in with a Rodgers rip. Something else. I'm just wondering if it's time to put, pull the plug on Rodgers. Uh, the guy has not been a leader. The guy is talking about drugs on the radio. He's completely discommitted to this team. And I just want to say Skull Vikings. All right. Well, Skull Vikings for sure. They're going to win the division. Is that one of ours? I, I mean, we have encouraged that one, this. Is that a Purple Daily listener? We, we did encourage this. Yeah, And, it, it and we still been. do. And if it was yes. you, please comment that you did. Or tweet at us that I went on I went on whatever radio station to, to do this. This would have been great. I did Google discommitted just to see if that's an actual word. It is not. Decommitted. Decommitted. Or yeah. can you be can you be uncommitted? You can be uncommitted. uncommitted. You can be you can decommit or be uncommitted. You discommitted is not a thing. I sort of yeah. like the word, I'm not gonna lie. Okay. On the fly, that's a pretty good word. Okay. You're discommitted. discommitted. Okay. Sounds good. Added to our vernacular. One more. We got one more. Go, Pat, go! Hey, I just want to say, Rodgers and the, and the whole offense, it looks like me and my dear stand, just a whole lot of nothing. I mean, our receivers can't can't create space. We got nothing going on on offense. And, you know, that really hurts us because then our defense got to be on there more, you know, more time than, than anything. And, I don't know, it just hurts. Sucks. Hmm. Thanks. Sounds guy like a younger fan out. there too, man. Like he probably missed. My guess is he probably he sounds like a dude that was born just after the first Super Bowl championship, probably. And so he has seen Hall of Fame quarterback play his yeah. entire life, but only one Super Bowl title. That poor kid probably mm. you know froze his ass off in his deer stand, you know, last weekend. Didn't was clearly wasn't able to get a buck, and then he had to watch you know maybe a little tease on Sunday, right? They beat the Cowboys with an epic comeback, and then they just fall on their face against the Titans. Oh, just a rough week for that guy. Rough week. Oh. Amazing. You know, it sounds to me actually like, and I say this with all due respect, that all of these fans probably mm-hmm. made a run to Lake Ridge Liquors before they called in to their favorite Packer postgame show on 107.5 The Fan. Lake Ridge Liquors, a new partner here on Mackie and Judd and Score North. Yes, thank you to Lake Ridge Liquors for jumping on board for Mackie and Judd, Judd's hockey show. You know, there's a collection of Packer fans in Minnesota, unfortunately. I, we even work with them here in the building, and uh, I would recommend going to Lake Ridge Liquors off 694 and Rice Street. They have over 1,000 wine in stock. They have plenty of surly beer in stock. And the best part is, because I frequent the liquor store a lot, Judd and Mackie like to frequent the liquor store a lot, they have a rewards program, right? So when you go, and you go to Lake Ridge Liquors, you go there maybe for the first time, you mention SCORE, S-K-O-R, and they will spot you $5 in rewards on your next visit to Lake Ridge Liquors. So they're, they're, they're paying you to go to Lake Ridge Liquors. It's a reward system. Go check them out. They're off 694 and Rice Street in Vadness Heights. Thank you to Lake Ridge Liquors. Go check them out. Lake Ridge Liquors. Love it. Love it. Um, all right. Let's get to uh, Feedback Friday here. We have a few Vikings-related feedback questions. You can always send us stuff. We did a full feedback session on Purple Daily with a bunch of great Vikings stories and questions, comments. But all throughout the week, you can send us 
theories, takes, questions, whatever, life advice through the Scornorth app. There's a feedback tab, and we try to get to as many as we can at the end of the week. Uh, Andy Rep or Repi Rep uh, says, Phil, I'd love to hear you guys break down Walter Football's recent oh power rankings for this week. Oh, my gosh. After the Vikings beat Buffalo. A few people sent this in. Walter. This might be the harshest I've ever read about the Vikings all year. They're pretty much saying the Vikings have done nothing. All right, I'm going to read you guys an excerpt from, I think they have the Vikings like outside the top five. I don't have the ranking in front of me, but here's what they wrote. The Vikings are extremely lucky to be 8-1. and one. They got the Packers when Green Bay was missing countless starters. They made a comeback against a Detroit team that suffered a ton of injuries during the game. They squeaked by the Saints, even though New Orleans was missing its starting quarterback, running back, and top receiver. They also couldn't generate any offense in the second half against the Bears, save for the final drive. There was that ridiculous Miami game, which the Dolphins legitimately outgained the Vikings by 224 yards with backup quarterbacks. But the Vikings beat the Bills in the doop the doo text. Sure, but not really. The Bills were 99% to win that game on multiple occasions. If Josh Allen didn't fumble the center exchange on the attempted sneak, the Bills would have run out the clock. Can I say, this is like the 50th time I've heard this thing about the Bills game. And I agree, like, it is fortunate that Josh Allen dropped the snap. However, it's also fortunate that the Bills, who were lined up in the neutral zone on the quarterback sneak, before the drop snap, weren't called for offsides. And it's fortunate, quite frankly, that they stopped the Vikings on a fourth and two inches on a game-winning sneak, right? So where do you, like, how how do you want to slice this up? Do you want, okay, the Vikings were literally an inch away, despite the Bills lining up in the neutral zone, from winning that game with a touchdown. They fail. And now the Bills have to dig their way out of their own end zone. And the Vikings got the push off the line of scrimmage. It would have been a safety if it wasn't a touchdown. Like, this is what I have a hard time with on the luck factor. It wasn't like they were lining up for a kneel down at the 20 and bobbled the snap. (laughs) Right. A lot of this was forced by Vikings pressure. So, you know. And, yes, the Vikings were clunky early in the year. They've been a lot better the last few weeks. They're kind of an ascending team. So, Walter football. Stick to mock drafts, guy. (laughs) I didn't know he did those. I didn't even know about that. I didn't. So, I didn't yeah. either. I thought it was I, exclusive I to Wally. mock drafts. I'm know. dismissing Wally. Okay. See you in April. And I think Wally has a staff of people that write for him too. Well, it's I'm like not, Walter, and then a yeah. Bunch there's of no way Wally's Wally's doing all of this. He's, he needs some help here. <laughs> uh, Jeff Bowman says the Bills are now two and nine in one score games the last two years, just like the Vikings were with Zimmer the last two years in one-score games. Both Zimmer and Sean McDermott seem to get tight, and then their teams get tight in the final minutes. Both Zimmer and McDermott are defensive-minded coaches. Do you think there's a theme or coincidence with coaches who are defense-first that they struggle in close games? Um, I can see that. Like, that's interesting, and I can see that. But, but I mean, we, we've seen offensive coaches, Childress's teams, have have some of the same problems as well. So I think it's an interesting theory. I, I think you would need to go and look at the coaches, though, because, I mean, there, there are just some personality types, too. Perhaps defensive guys, especially the old-school defensive guys, are wound tighter. Because O'Connell does bring a sense of 
an air of confidence and calmness that I love. Yes. But there's been a lot. There's been a lot of football coaches who have expertise on both sides of the ball that don't have that. I will say I don't think that the like the wound up personality necessarily makes the team wound up. I think it's more the opposite of the absence of a personality that can loosen things prevents the team from being loose. I don't think the coach is causing the tightness. I think the situation of the game is causing the tightness naturally. And you need a coach that can come in there like a John Harbaugh or someone that can kind of break the tension a little bit and be like, Hey hey guys, it doesn't have to be like a a stand-up comedian or anything, but just someone that's, Hey guys, it's okay. It's all good. You know, I, I've told you guys this story before when I used to cover the twins back 10 years ago as a beat writer. And well, the Twins still can't beat the Yankees in the playoffs, but when they were going through that stretch where like every other year they would just get trounced by the Yankees in the playoffs, and uh, it happened again in 2010 when I was a beat writer. And the next spring, I was on a flight to go cover spring training in like early February, and one of the Twins' assistant coaches was sitting right next to me on the plane, also on the way down to... So we sat there and talked for like three or four hours, and you know, after after like an hour and a half, you know, start to get comfortable and... And this person told me, I love Gardy, Ron Gardenhire, the manager at the time. Love Gardy, but he's part of the reason why we are not looser in these games. Like, the tension is there because it's a playoff game against the Yankees. And he oftentimes doesn't do enough to loosen it up. And you can sort of sense, like, everyone kind of... So do I think that Mike Zimmer and Sean McDermott are contributing to that? Maybe a little bit, but I think it's the lack of another gear in their personalities that, that prevents those teams from loosening up. That's my theory. I do buy into it. Absolutely. And I think part of the thing, too, is, and we experienced it here from 2018 through 21, is in football, I don't think you can have both your quarterback and coach be uh, teeth grinders and be successful. Like, yeah. one of them has That's to true. be like, we're fine. Yeah. Bel- Bel- Belichick's kind of a teeth grinder, but he also has everything under control at the same time. Yes. But so. Brady wasn't like like he just knew the mission, and I think in Kirk's case, I I think if you turn Kirk loose and say, you know what, Kirk, this is all on you, go do it. I still don't think that you would have success. I think the O'Connell Kirk combination is working really well for a reason. Yeah, well, Kirk is being ushered into the deep end of the pool. Hey, I know this is uncomfortable, but we need you to or the high dive. It's like Kirk's Kirk loves the like loves this. the pool, like loves this. the you know the aquatic center. Kirk Hall. Loves the diving board. Kirko, Kirko chains. We needed to go up to that one. It's late in the game. I like the deep end, Phil, because like he's got the he's got the little things on his arms now. But it's like you're not going to drown. It's going to be fine. The floaties. And so he's got yeah, exactly. So he's floating a little bit, but I mean he's still doing it. <laughs> I like this. I like where you're going with this. Yeah. Okay. Steve Weiner says watching you and Alex Boone dig through film and talking about Kevin O'Connell's effect on Cousins made me think of discussions I have with my son about the NFL. The talent level on teams is so close that the coach's vision and culture is more important in the NFL than in any other pro league. Hmm. I think, yes. Hmm. I like it. Because, it, I mean, it, it is the most, it is the most uh, socialist league in pro sports where there's a salary cap across everything. There's a salary floor. So everyone is spending around the same amount of money. The worst teams in the league get access to the best draft picks, including the best young quarterbacks. And every year there's just, there's very rarely like, 
you know, here, these six teams are going to dominate for like an eight year stretch. You know, baseball has that where, okay, now the Dodgers are going to be great for like eight years and the Pirates are going to be garbage for this amount of time. If baseball had the same structure, the Pirates would pop up and be awesome. These small markets like Buffalo and Green Bay that produce, you know, 13 win teams and stuff. So, yeah, if the talent levels are all like within, you know, there's going to be outliers on either end. But if like there's 24 teams in the middle with similar talent levels, then, how, you know, finding little ways to win in the margins through culture or situational football, which Kevin O'Connell preaches, makes the difference. I, th- I think there's a pretty good case to be made that, to that point, in football, you have the biggest effect because your roster is huge. Like, basketball, I'm not saying coaching's not important. The X's and O's are for sure, but it's a player's league, right? Like, the players, the best players, are, are play a huge role, good or bad, in controlling their teams. Football, I think you set the tone for an enormous roster with different personalities and people. And and I mean, look, I mean, the one thing that we can definitively say is when you look at what Zimmer did, good and bad, and when you look at what o- O'Connell did, the juxtaposition's huge. The difference between those two guys and fundamentally how they approach their plan is absolutely enormous, and in this case, at least for 2022, it's working. So yeah, it's at least point. for yeah for the last few years, anyways, because you can make a case that in the oh, 2014 yeah. well, to 17 version of the NFL that and this is yes, and this is where O'Connell like it's going to be very interesting to see how he progresses too, because like this team was prepared for a, a fresh start. O'Connell's proved to be the perfect person to give them exactly that, right? Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see as this progresses and things change and people change and there's going to be problems that are unforeseen how that is taken care of. Because, you know, when as good a guy as Les Frazier was, when Zimmer came here in 14 and 15, that was some very necessary tough love. Yeah. So, yes, it's it's going to be – O'Connell's the perfect guy for, for – Right now, the story of his head coaching career very much has a lot of chapters left to play out. Yes. Um, A shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company for helping to elevate countless businesses, including ours, by the way. They've been a great supporter of us throughout the years as we have built Score North, Mackie and Judd, and and Purple Daily, so we thank them for that. Um, They're all about providing a guiding hand, risk management tools and resources and you can find out more about their history, which dates back to 1904 on federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, the feedback continues here on Mackie and Judd. I kind of love this question here. This is from Ken Tomlin. We also have a Minnesota goodbye that Declan was texting us about last night that we're going to get to. So Ken Tomlin says, I'll start by saying, I believe the answer to the question I'm about to ask is no. But here's the question. I'm wondering what your guys' opinion is of this uh, of this comparison. Is Kirk capable of having a Rich Gannon-type career path, meaning we all know what type of quarterback Gannon was in his early years and then how he turned it around later in his career, going to the Super Bowl, winning an MVP? Does Kirk have that type of run in him? Love your show. Been listening to you guys since the 1500 ESPN radio days. Keep up the great work. For context. Rich Gannon, fourth-round draft pick. Wasn't Cousins a fourth-round draft pick? Third, fourth-round draft pick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Gannon was a vi- kind of a Vikings backup and then a starter 
for the first six years. Then he bounced around to Washington, Kansas City. He didn't now. Cousins has had a better statistical run between ages like 25 and 34 than Gannon did. Gannon was like kind of a starter, but then he wasn't and kind of a a backup. But then at age 34 with Oakland, Gannon found the young, I guess you could say offensive minded, but just like the young energetic coach that he connected with in John Gruden at the time. And instantly, boom, his numbers spike. Team success comes a year later, and between ages 34 and 37, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He was a four-time Pro Bowler in those four years. He won the MVP at age 37, Super Bowl, led the NFL in yardage in 2002. Interesting, yeah. So kind of, I mean, not totally apples to apples, but you find that right connection at coach, and and you've been in the league for like 10 years, and all of a sudden, like, the light goes on when you're 34 years old. It, yeah, okay. I think in Gannon's case, having uh, covered him a bit when he was here, I th- I don't think Gannon had coming in and for a long time the talent that Kirk has. I think Gannon might have been mentally tougher, and and so yes, the trajectories are interesting but you know Kirk's career is filled with starting like he basically what 2015 became the now commander starter and so like I like the comparison but I think they're two very different people and to your point Phil the common thing though is this young John Gruden really smart gets with Gannon uh Gruden more demanding than O'Connell I think in a lot of ways but yes I the if the end result is the same, you're going to be entirely pleased. But I think they're different people. And don't forget, if I'm not mistaken, Gannon, fourth-round pick of the Patriots. He was. Out of, De- out of Delaware. And the Patriots wanted to move him to running back. Wow. And he's like, no, I'm a quarterback. And then That's they funny. traded him to the Vikings. So, like, Kirk is much more came in and has been much more of of who he is. But I think the comparison with the coaches and finding the right coach is incredibly intriguing. That's very interesting. Also, too, it's I, I like it. I, I think we have to be careful about like once a quarterback gets into his late thirties, just assuming that everyone's going to be Tom Brady now and they're all going to play into their forties. And Amen, brother. Generally speaking, you get to be thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, and that's a wrap. Brett Favre was really good at thirty-nine. Rodgers was winning MVPs at thirty-seven. You know, whatever thirty-eight. But that's 45 is not the bar. That's the Tom Brady. If you want to eat kale for every meal and sleep in a hyperbaric chamber for 12 hours a night, <laughs> then maybe you can be 45. Yeah, you can. And, like, you know, lose your wife and stuff. And possibly lose millions or yes. billions of dollars. But, that's but ages 34 through 37, yep, that can be a peak for quarterbacks because that's when, like, Peyton Manning used to talk about toward the end of his career, my mind dissects everything in super slow-mo now because I've been in the league for like 13 or 15 years, but now my body's breaking down. So if you can get to the point where your mind is operating like uh, you know, like Neo in the Matrix, but your body hasn't broken down yet, and that window would tend to be 34, 30, 32, 33, maybe to 36, 37. So if those things align, it could be a peak window, and Kirk is entering it. Now, you could also just, like, drop off the map physically, and he's not the most, like, 
athletic guy in the world, so it wouldn't take a lot for him to his toughness, all of a sudden be. <laughs> dude, his toughness is really incredible, though. Mm-hmm. I mean he he got he got hit a couple more times in Buffalo, and the dude bounces back up, and like I always wait for him right to like grab his ribs yeah. or something. And for the most part, aside from, from I think he was uh, got the wind knocked out of him in Washington a week ago Sunday. For the most part, the guy just always gets up, sort of lo- looks like uh, that hurt a bit, and then it's gone. Yeah, he is tough, him. man. I and I, I will say he's tough, but he also he and Peyton Manning had this, and some other guys too. Brady has this. He he kind of knows how to avoid taking a hit too. Well, he doesn't get yes. sacked that often, and it's. Not always because the offensive line was perfect. He just he knows how to bail on a play without getting destroyed. So there, there was actually part of the story arc that came out of uh, the Vikings press conferences th- this week that I thought was interesting, and I don't think we've talked about it. Wes Phillips talked about the work that they did, and this again, it's just a small thing, but it's probably huge with Kirk as far as in the pocket, what to do. Because you remember, I mean, we've complained about that. Like he doesn't feel pressure. He doesn't do do this and that. And, I mean, that's improved. He takes off now a bit more, it feels like, with a purpose. But it's things like that that O'Connell and that staff, I think, get a ton of credit for. Because you're talking about changing the fundamental philosophies of a guy who's 34. That's hard to do. And, like, they they talked about the fact that, you know, they definitely saw things on film that Kirk could improve. And it's probably, like, small things. But if you could avoid a sack or, more importantly, a strip uh, sack, that's going to be enormous. So, like, that's another just small thing that we probably don't focus on enough for why Cousins has gone from, you know, the quarterback he's been up until now to being a far more effective quarterback, especially when the pressure is on. Again, not caring what his stats say. I think stats are, in this case, completely overrated. And he's just, he used to have a really bad fumbling problem. When he got here, he still had that fumbling problem in 2018. That's he had true. a ton of fumbles. I think, I think between when, the time he came a starter through 2018, he led the NFL in terms of quarterback fumbles, and he's yeah. adapted to where to hold that puppy and to make sure I just fall on that ball or I'm not going to let that be knocked loose. He has done a great job at adjusting that, and I feel like that that's tough to like when you're in your late 20s and you're in your early 30s and you have a fumbling issue and you're able to correct that. Like that is that's that takes a lot of guts, and I, I think Kirk Cousins deserves a lot of credit for that. It was still a problem last year. Hell, he had 12 fumbles oh, last know. year, which was the Didn't second like most that. in his career. Uh, this year, he only has four, though. And he's lost one? Knock on wood. I don't know how many he's lost. He lost one here. I forget the opponent, and it looked like it was going to be bad, and I think they stopped him. Someone this morning actually sent me a DM on Twitter uh, referring back to the the Kurt Warner video breakdown of Cousins from right before the season started. Yeah. There was, it was a two-part thing. Kurt, so Kurt Warner does, like, quarterback film breakdown on his YouTube channel. It's awesome because it's coming from a Hall of Famer and a guy that's won a Super Bowl before. And there was one video. It was, like, 20 minutes showing Kirk at his peak and the great things he can do. But then there was a 20-minute sort of takedown video of here's why he's not great. Here's why he's good and not great. And it was kind of validating for, you know, the yokels like us that think we know what we're watching on TV. And it just feels like, God, he's just he's it's not that he's checking down all the time, but it just feels like there's a lot of what what else is out there? You know, okay, you completed it underneath to Conklin or whoever. But what was there something else 20 yards down the field? And Warner with the all 22 video showed clips from the last couple of years of this was a completion 
well, look at this thing that was 15 yards over the top, breaking open. You have to anticipate that throw. And he basically said he needs to be hunting down the field more aggressively and forget about interceptions, like within reason. You know, Kurt Warner actually got a little squirrely with interceptions sometimes, but but it worked out for him at the time. He basically said, if you want to be a top end great quarterback, you can't just be paralyzed by the fear of an interception. And to hear that from Kurt Warner in an all twenty two film breakdown was very interesting. And uh, if you look at the success the Vikings have had, especially after the bye week, it feels like Kirk, not in all cases, but in some big moments, especially against Buffalo, has kind of adopted what Kurt Warner is saying, which is. Dude, flush the interceptions, hunt down the field for big plays. Your goal is not to just complete eight-yard passes. Your goal is to go big play hunting to Justin Jefferson. And uh, and the numbers kind of bear that out since the self-scout bye week. Absolutely. So, um, Let's see here. What else we got on Feedback Friday? Corey Larson says, if the Vikings hadn't traded for Hawkinson, they would have lost to both the Commanders and the Bills, I think. Both those games were very close, and he made a greater impact than any other Viking tight end could have. Do you think if they wouldn't have made that trade and they had to roll with, uh, I guess Irv would have been out, so they have to roll with your guy Johnny Munt and whoever else, do they beat the Commanders or the Bills? Well, let's take each game separately. Washington, I think they lose. I mean, Hawk, if I'm not mistaken, had nine catches on nine t- targets, and he absolutely had a monster day. And three in that final drive, Yeah, right? three in the final drive. So, yes, I, I think that uh, that statement about Hawkinson entirely true for the Washington game. Buffalo, I get the point. I'm not positive about that one. Uh, but is this a great trade? Absolutely. So we're probably splitting hairs by debating that. But what Hawkinson brings you is is as close as you can get to having acquired an, another wide receiver without the designation of that position on the player, right? Like, this is as close as you could possibly get. And for Kirk's purposes, again, you know what? This is all probably part of a bit of give and take between a guy like O'Connell and Kirk, right? Because Kirk's doing a lot of things that Kirk is probably, at the end of the day, not entirely comfortable doing, but he gets it that O'Connell's explained to win, we have to do this. But Hawkinson, to me, is sort of a, a a olive branch to Kirk because he is the exact type of guy Kirk absolutely loves. And yeah. I do contend, I do think because he's slowed down a bit, he's still effective but not as effective, is I think Hawkinson provides the type of option that Thielen did consistently. And I think that that is not there as consistently because the guy is hurt. So... Hawkinson, to me, is an olive branch to Kirk saying, you know what, you've done a ton of things that that we're asking you to do. You might not be entirely comfortable. Here is a key component that you're absolutely going to love. Like if you could go to the football player car lot and buy Kirk a car, he ain't getting the shiny car, right? He's going to get the hawk. The hawk. He's going to get the four-wheel drive off-road, son-of-a-buck, can get through anything, and a lot of yak, too. By the way, get your Hawk Season shirts and hoodies at scorenorth.com slash merch. Sorry, scorenorth.com slash shop. scorenorth.com slash shop. Victory Monday, Before I Die, hoodies and shirts, uh, some Scornorth and Purple Daily merch as well, and your Hawk Season swag. So, Seven catches for 45 yards in that Bills game. Nine catches for 70 against Washington. 
Those are now two of his top nine uh, biggest catch games of his career because he just he wasn't getting the ball as often as he would in Detroit as he does with a better quarterback and other weapons to free him up and stuff. So, yeah, he only has now going into this trade, he had seven games in his career of seven or more catches. Now he has nine because of these two these first two yeah. games of the he's already like more productive in two games basically as a Viking than he was as a Lion. That's remarkable. So interesting. Uh, Judd's been productive, losing weight over the past year, and all sorts of countless other Score North listeners have changed their lives through Livia over the past year and change. That's right. Thanks to our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. And, yes, I said weight control. This is not a quick diet plan. I've been talking about this for months now, 40 pounds off, and here's the best part. Livia helps you maintain the weight loss. That's the most important thing. We have all lost weight. You know what we do? Inevitably, it feels like we gain that weight back. But in this case, I've learned that you don't have to. And as Phil just said, just as importantly, a lot of folks in our Score North family have learned the exact same thing. And right now, my friends at Livia have their best offer of the year for the holiday season. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Save 50%. That's right. 50% Santa Claus here, sports dad. Ho, ho, ho. I want you to get healthy. I want you to feel great. And I am offering you the chance, and more importantly, my friends are, to save 50% inside or outside the state. Uh, virtual consultations are possible, so you don't need to live in the state to join. 855-GO-LIVIA, Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com. Ho, ho, ho. Let's get the weight loss going. All right. It's time now for the Minnesota goodbye here on Mackie and Judd. Um, Declan, why don't you why don't you tee this up? You were texting us last night. Okay. I'll, I'll frame it up this way and say Declan was texting us. I think my neighbor is texting me and thinks that she's texting her husband. Yes. That's the theme. That is the theme here. So. <laughs> Little backstory. This is the same neighbor that complained about Vinny Boy's barking from you know, rightfully, rightfully three, so. three or four months ago. So I met with them shortly after that barking incident. The landlord wanted me to meet with them. By the way, unlike, oh wow! So the landlord facilitated like a sit down, but, but, come to Jesus, facilitated come to meeting? a meeting, but didn't want to be a part of the meeting, which I found very what? strange. You told us this. Yeah, it was really Very weird. straight. Yeah, I told you guys this off the show, I think. I know I told Judd this. I don't think I – actually, I don't know if I told Phil all this. I don't think I've heard this. Uh, so, yeah, I met with them about like a few weeks after that, and the landlord kept saying to us when we were, we were trying to facilitate this meeting, once you meet them, you'll understand. He said that no more than three times in the 20-minute meeting. Once Can you, you meet say them, that as a landlord? <laughs> once you meet them, you'll I'll understand. Now it's out there. So, yeah, and I'm out now. I'm I guess it's, va- it's vague enough. It's vague um, enough. It's vague enough. So I met with them. I explained Vinny situation, what we're doing with Vinny, all this stuff. It was honestly a pleasant meeting. It was honestly a fine meeting. It was fine. I got to know them a little bit. Um, I exchanged numbers with them. They have now kind of abused some of that. They sometimes think the TV is too loud. They, 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 it's a whole other thing. So now they're just texting you their complaints and yes. stuff? Yes, and I was told 50-50, don't give out your number to these people, but I said, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it oh. and whatever. Well, Wow, that's a bold move. It is. And now this has evolved to last night. Oh, God. <clears throat> so I'm laying in bed, about to go to sleep, about to shut my little eyes to be ready for Feedback Friday. And all of a sudden, I, I get a little ding, and it's um, my neighbor above me, which I found a little strange. 
And let's just, uh, I'm going to read this text message verbatim. I'm, I don't care. I'm going to read this first one I got verbatim. <laughs> Thank you. We could always write an addendum that requires them to fix all the plumbing and co-detectors and hire back unnamed person to assure that that fixes have been done. I think, though, that I would be miserable up there alone and the feeling like these awful people are forever tied to our home because if something goes wrong, we have to go to them. Objectively, the home is in pretty good shape aside from grading, which I know to be a problem. That was one of 18 text messages I received from the following time periods of 11.40 p.m. to 1.25 a.m. So for two hours, I received text messages about a potential home purchase, I believe, is what's, what was being discussed here. Well, by they're, these well, they're, what's texts. funny is they're, they're discussing clearly, there's so much to unpack here, but they want to move because they hate living near you and your barking dog is one of the sub-themes well, here. And they're when I met with them, they it. mentioned to me that they're trying to move up north. Like, that is their end goal. They've been in my neighborhood for older, a while. Right? Yep, and they moved into my okay. build the, the building. Yeah. I shouldn't say my building. They moved into the building the same month we moved in. So it wasn't like we were they had been there for a while. The building's also only like five years old. It's a newish apartment building in Minneapolis. Um, but the weirdest one I got of all these text messages, and and some of these went a little off kilter, off from the you know home purchase and home inspection situation. This is the weirdest one I got. Quote, then again, there is my belief facet fascism is coming and the horrid fantasy that we will be locked up. <laughs> what? That's a text message I received. <laughs> what? what? Then again, okay. there is my belief fascism is coming and the horrid yeah. fantasy I, that okay. someone will have us locked up. Okay. So, wow. Where do we start here? Where? So again, give us. So you said there, there's 18. She sent 18 mm-hmm. text messages. Clearly, and there's no way that they were sent to you, right? This is obvious, obvi- like they were sent to you, but it was obvious she's trying to send them to somebody else. Correct. And so she, that's, there's no, there's no question about that. Yes, and she's and not it's, texting you. And there's been previous contacts with us about Vinny or about neighbors and about like yeah. so. So they're, they're, it's clear my name is saved in her phone as my name. I'm assuming it okay. is. So and over what? So you said 18 texts over what period of time? Two when, hours. What was the, but when was the last one you received? Last uh, night? Last night at 1.15 a.m. So this morning. So oh, presumably, yeah. and and the other person hasn't responded back, right? Because obviously, I'm, I'm just wondering, did you at any point think, I'm going to jump in and just be like, hey, yeah, wrong number. It was so entertaining, I didn't want to ruin it. I'll be Dude, completely think, honest. But, I mean, they, these are important to get to the... Husband who's traveling is is that is that what it is? I don't know where he is. I did get a few. I would really appreciate a response by tomorrow. I did get one of those in there, dude. I feel like you've got to fess up. No, like you, you want these this is not to move. my problem. This is not my issue. And I also did the so about halfway through this time period. You know how if you have an individual text, you can mute the you can mute the uh, the the thread and it will say very clearly at the bottom of a text thread. Like if I mute a conversation right now between this person one of has muted. muted conversations. I did that to think maybe the next text she'll send, she'll see, "Oh my god, I I'm texting the wrong person." That didn't work. Why don't you just respond 
hey, I think you meant to send this to someone else. What's preventing you from saying that? Right. I I just I'm I'm, I'm kind of just fixated on her realizing that she has. I want her to her to realize she's. No, I think up you here. just want it to go away. You want this uncomfortable well, I, no, exchange. No, I'm actually kind of like to in, fix I, I'm, I, as all these texts have been coming in. I've been more like enthralled with this story now, to be completely honest, of this and home inspection and everything else. Um, but I also want her to realize the error of her ways on her own. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but first of all, you are potentially slowing down a process that you want to take place, which is they get out. The second thing is, um, this has the potential, if she does come to realize within the next couple of days what's gone wrong, to be very uncomfortable for you, because... Like at some she's going to know that you did. She knows yeah. that you saw the texts and you didn't and you didn't try and stop. Like I would have almost immediately been like, sorry, it's Judd from downstairs. You remember Vinnie boy. Bark, bark. bark, bark. Um, I feel like this is going to get because you get because you get uncomfortable about stuff, Dex. And like this has yeah. the potential to get really uncomfortable. Yeah. And you have a window here because this is still we're still in the morning here the next day. Yeah. Very late so in it, the morning. It, it, it is like still it's it is reasonable that you. If you carry this into the nighttime yeah, and you haven't responded yet, now you've made it weird. She's made it weird. She's made it more right. weird than anyone because she's like rifled off 18 text messages, like these these messages that are clearly meant for like a very close person in her life. But if you don't respond back at some point within a reasonable amount of time with, hey, you got the wrong number, and it just lingers, I think now you're making it weird. I don't think I'm making anything weird. I, I the, the the fact this this relationship yes has started because of my amazing barking dog, and that's fine. But this is not on me to correct. This is not on okay, me to fix. Okay, okay, and that's fine. And I don't disagree with that. But now it's on you to live with the consequences of how wildly uncomfortable beyond how it was uncomfortable before when you run into them in the hallway well, or her in the hallway. And she knows that she rifled off 18 text messages to you and you just laughed at them and ignored them. There's a fighting chance that they will come down and knock on your door about this if they understand, if they begin to get an idea that she texted the wrong person, too. Like, are you ready? Are you prepared for this? I do not want that. (laughs) Who the hell's that? Why didn't she respond? Jacqueline, we'd like to talk to you. It's your neighbor. I'm home alone this evening, too, so... I'm I'm just saying I I uh, I think Phil's right. I would send. In fact, you know what? Right now we can all craft it. I think we should craft a note back saying, okay. "Hey, it's come to my attention or something, or I or I got these. T- I woke up and saw these texts. Just woke up. Hey, it's like two in the afternoon. She has no idea that I mean, she's not guys. She doesn't pay attention to our podcast. No, it's should right I address now, her by name? Hey there, eleven thirty blank. Yes. I would make it as personal as possible because yeah. you want to avoid the not the pissed off. Make her feel a little dumb too. This is your chance because I she's believe. been clowning you about the dog for a long time. This is the, the ball is in your court. Mm. I agree. To make her snarky. feel a little dumb here. Okay. okay. Yeah, you can certainly be a little snarky. I I think the most important thing is that you make it very clear that you got these. Here's been sending. <laughs> it is. It is so much like. It's my, another chapter, and then that I'm Larry. I'm Larry David Jr. It's just absurd. I want to hear from people. How would you handle this? I want. I want tweet. Tweet us. Hey, at Dex tweets at Phil Mackey at Jay Zolgad. Hit us up in the YouTube comments. How would you handle this? Hey, comma. 
I was really confused at first by, by this, but I think that you meant this for someone else. I received a series of texts. Hey is insulting, I think, a little bit. Or right? you know, another option would be just hey. respond, LOL. <laughs> just no, like no, one. The, just like the, the, the like texting. You guys are doing young yeah. people. Yeah, no, that's funny, but don't do that. Or heart. Heart one no, of them. You, Empathize you one of them. She won't, But she won't look at... It, it's very clear from your muting attempt, she's not looking yeah. at that. So you've got to make it very clear. Oh, this is Declan, your neighbor. Well the, the well, the other thing, too, though, is when, once you respond, your name will pop up. So she'll think, oh, she's getting a text from the neighbor, and then she'll realize what she did. Yep. So you it's must. not like... Yeah, well, the, the, whatever you send, she's going to realize the once she opens it up. What if I just said, hey there, blank name? It appears you meant these for another person, period. Is that fine? Should I be a little more snarkier? Is there a chance? No, that's, not, is that, that's I mean, that's the, this is the adult one to do. Um, yeah, I could just do that, period. Or, you know, what, you know what you could do? How about this? This is, this is another thing that I might do. Hey, I think you meant these for another person, but dot 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 and then give your opinion on the things that she has said oh i'm not doing that <laughs> no no way just here's put, my ta- here's my two cents Declan, <laughs> your neighbor i think you, you meant this for a different person let me say this the sooner you move the, the better, better. <laughs> but you do want them regards. out so you don't want to like the last thing the the curb thing would be accidentally <laughs> involving yourself or not oh God, and they don't move Amazing. Yes, and, and they come downstairs and say, we were all set to move, but uh, we didn't get a response from the people. And Declan, it's just incredible. Right. And you're like, oh, my God. The text I'm has been fault. sent. It's been oh, sent. Oh, here we go. It's Let's go. Let's, Let's go. Oh, my God. All right. There's your Mackie and Judd. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel to find <laughs> out. Will Declan be murdered this weekend by his neighbors? Find out you. next time. On Mackie and Judd, Vikings Ventline right after Vikings Cowboys on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We'll see you guys. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.